grass. It's beautiful. But they want a road put through it. In order to build a road that's going to last, there's got to be order to how you build that if you want it to last. And that's what we're going to talk about, the order of change in EFT. Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Let's jump right in. I like the way you said that, James. Order matters if you want something to last. Okay. So, yeah, if someone hires you to, to build a road in the middle of a field and you just come in there with a concrete truck and start pouring concrete everywhere, there's a chance it'll help, but the chances are not as good. <laughs> so I think EFT works the same way, particularly because EFT was built studying how relationship distress changes. This wasn't built on a, a, the, a normative theory of health. This was built studying how people change, and that's a really key distinction and I think something people should consider when they're picking their model. What are we doing here? Are we educating or are we trying to create change? Because those two can be uh, in competition. Qualifier. Got to give credit where it's due, right? Mm -hmm. uh, my old professors, and three come to mind in particular, Dr. Adrian Hickman, Dr. Van Rackley, Dr. Wendell Ray, uh, all professors. Uh, Dr. Lori Childless as well. Those, those four all are way smarter than me. They were all big uh, influences or teaching me about the nature of change in systems theory. Coming out of good old school Bateson Project and early days of looking at change, Milton Erickson, Jay Haley's work. When you, when you study change, there's an, there's an element of it that is spontaneous. How do you make second order change happen? The truth is you can't make it happen. It happens as it gets ready. So in the previous episode, when we talked about sort of camping out right on the edge as an example of, of sort of doing that. But so first order change is changes that are specific, practical, good, but don't change the rules of the system. And so some first order change will naturally become second order change. But most first order change is going to uh, have relapses. And again, relapses are not necessarily a problem. They are a part of change. But second order change is a, a significant shift in an experience, so much so it changes the very rules of how we are in this system, more than one part. And that's what we're going for in EFT. The, our whole model is built for second order change. So the process of change is open and dynamic. I think back to a case I had in 2008. I'll never forget it. I'm in session like seven. And we, we hit an enactment and some, and some vulnerable emotion. And it, second order change, it was instant. And, you know, at a 10-year follow-up, I see this person in a department store. <laughs> and he comes up and talks to me, you know, in public, which is a bit awkward as a therapist. Mm -hmm. But he's like, it was all that one session when my partner said this. It has never been the same. So I can't take credit for that because that was a little bit unexpected and spontaneous. However, there is an order that has been researched and shown that will increase your odds of creating second order change, and the order matters. 
And I'm doing this episode, we're doing this episode because I see this uh, go sideways on really good therapists on a regular basis. That, that might be uh, redundant that we're saying this, but we mean it. Uh, every video I see of EFT therapists is filled with good stuff happening. Very attuned, very skilled, very loving, very smart therapists who are getting their butts kicked, as we'd say in Arkansas, by a, a vicious negative cycle. Mm-hmm. And I'm right there with them. I've had mine. I've been I've been beat up too. It can it can easily happen to a good therapist. All that to say, I regularly see people send videos trying to get certified or whatever their their tr- supervision for whatever reason, and they're out of order. And and so much of what else they're doing is really good, mm-hmm. but the the order of change has has become confusing. It's been taught many many times. As usual, this episode is not new information. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really, really easy in particular to go for vulnerability prematurely, to go for longings, or to start doing positive enactments only and, and really never get back into the natural order of change. Have you seen that some too, James? Oh, what I also like about for this episode is not only in that way, but also when our clients try and force us to do something out of the order of change get my partner to do this or see this. We're not there. It's not going to, it's not going to just happen that way. There is an order to this. And so me knowing that order of change one helps out of my, if I'm being honest in early in my career, I would let those clients try and force me to take on that agenda and to make that kind of change happen. And not only was that frustrating for, for them, that was also frustrating and very tiresome for me trying to let my clients force me to do something that just, it's not going to work. Just, um, and I, it has a low percentage chance of working for sure. So that's what I also appreciate about this episode, understanding the order. So, and it also helps me when they try and force me to do something that's out of order to have a good reason. Like, I wish we could do that, but just what research has shown me is that's just not going to be able to stick. If we really want this to be true change that lasts, here's the order we're going to have to follow. Yes, and I don't, I don't want to come across with a rigid message either mm-hmm. where you have to do this exactly the same yeah. way. But if there's been 40 years of research that shows it's effective, you, you might want to listen. Mm-hmm. And I want to listen. You know, And if you would have told me, hey, Ryan, in session seven, do a deep enough enactment that will completely shift the culture of these two people's relationship for the rest of their life, I, I wouldn't have known that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said that this is a fluid, dynamic, yeah. a little bit unpredictable process. Mm-hmm. But the EFT map does make this more predictable. Correct. And don't lose your map. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think about a, a case I supervised. This is several years ago, maybe eight or seven. And the last thing I would ever want to do, uh, especially in a public space, but not really any space, is to come across as being critical of someone's work. If people are out there trying to help people, we are we are on the same team. My heart goes out to you. I'm with you. But you also learn some things, and so it was it was a therapist uh, working in a different country than I'm from, and was working with the same sex relationship, and they were having a tough a tough time, and it was very very volatile. If you've ever seen James's uh, instructional videos on <laughs> on uh, terror, the acronym terror. With escalation, that would—that's what was needed right there. Mm-hmm. So my therapist, who who's an excellent therapist, um, one of the the males was like screaming, and um, 
my therapist went up and validated the anger, which was good. Okay, so that was a nice, it was a good first move. Probably would have been better to contain it a while first. But anyway, she matched and validated pretty well. I'm like, all right, this is about to be good. And before she finishes the sentence, though, she reflects a deep, vulnerable emotion. So it was kind of like, okay, man, this is a really hard time. This is not working. I'm like, good, good, good. And, and then she goes, and it's because you really just miss him so much. And they lit her on fire like a 4th of July firecracker. That's an American phrase if you're from somewhere else. Anyway, and it did not go well. And so the problem wasn't what she was doing. The problem is, well, I'll just tell you what happened. I just paused and I'm like, hey, tell me, tell me what you, good job. It's okay. This is hard. And it would have been hard for anybody for sure. What were you, what were you thinking? What were you, what was your plan right before you asked that question? And, and what stood out to me and what motivates me to do this episode is um, she, she didn't even know what had happened, right? She's like, I thought that was the next thing to do, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So it's really easy to, to learn EFT and then forget it in, in, not, in not such a good way that there is an order for change, okay? So when you have a relationship that's at that level of reactivity, the good old steps of EFT are there for a reason, while we don't want to think about the steps of EFT in session, they're really between, between sessions kind of useful and definitely in training, they're not trivial. These are not just made up. They're in that order for a reason. So when someone is really protected and stuck, our first processes there have to do with, I would just use the word trust. Mm. You, know, you could use alliance, you know, assessments, those sort of things. But I like I like uh, Lisa Palmer Olson's order. You know, my job is first to help them trust me. Second, help them trust the process before we can later um, establish trust with their partner. And remember, as a rule, trust is the last good thing that you add back to a relationship, which has been painful. Trust comes last, so trying to get people to trust too early will only backfire in most of the time. But to my main point, the first order here is we have to have organization and reorganization. And how much do you need? How reactive are they? Very reactive, you're going to need many, many sessions oftentimes of organization and reorganization. Can I jump in on that do one, it, Ryan? please. I was supervising the case yesterday, and the same thing happened. The person went to try and do an enactment because some emotion kind of or emotional words came in and they're like, oh, great. You know, and they were doing great. This is a, a very sharp EFT therapist who's only been through externship and they're going for enactment. So kudos to that person, by the way. Great. Um, but I say, hey, here's what probably happened with that enactment. The emotion wasn't organized yet. It was not organized. You didn't really understand the meaning, the function, and it wasn't completely alive. They just gave you a label. And because it wasn't organized, they couldn't quite fully do the enactment or take in the enactment for either. The one had a struggle sharing, the other person had a problem taking it. It wasn't organized enough yet. There's order. It needed to be put in order so that way they could then digest it. Yeah, just like that metaphor you started with, with putting a road down. Mm -hmm. It's not like we don't want the concrete, mm -hmm. but it's just the order it comes in matters. And if you don't give the foundation some structure there, mm -hmm. even when good things happen, it doesn't sustain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So organization and reorganization, 
working with the protective secondary type of emotions, working with blocks. Work, I just like protection. That's going to be the word I'm going to start using when I train, you know, because it, it makes sense. And by protection, I'm actually meaning like a tri or quad meaning of that. It is both protective of me. It is protecting, protecting of the relationship. That's protecting of the partner. It's even protection of the session going bad. Like there's a lot going on in people's, uh, you know, neurology, so to speak, when they're in protection. So how long do you want to work with organizing and reorganizing secondary protective behaviors and emotions? The answer for me, and you can disagree with me here, is, uh, well, again, how reactive are they? Yeah. But as, as, as quickly as possible, actually. I don't want to stay in organization, reorganization one second longer than I have to because it does not create second-order change most of the time. No, I agree with that. For me, I, I'm going to organize. I usually look for a visible cue. Yeah. If I see them slow down and their tone shifts and they start slow head nodding, organized enough, time to go. Let's roll. Let's do the real work. Yeah. yeah. So as, as long as it takes, no more than it takes. Yeah. Once people start to slow down, be open and curious, we want to start shifting over to the real work segue. Primary emotion, pain, guys. Pain. For distress, for clinically distressed relationships, they need tons of reorganization, tons of access, um, making pain granular, deepening, heightening, and titrating the depth of the pain with enactments layered in. That ha that usually has to come next after trust work and organization work. And that's what we're seeing that doesn't happen. So people tend to skip over that and go for the vulnerability, the longings, or I've seen people try to get needs talked about in session four, five, six. You know, you never say never, but as a rule, no. Even if I could articulate what I really need from you, if we haven't slowed the cycle down and found a way to repair in the pain, we don't have any rebar for that concrete to stick to. So the concrete goes everywhere. So we want to work in the pain several times. That's, our, that's my main message of this whole episode. You got to get in the pain. Mm -hmm. You got to get in the pain. The cure is in the pain, at least initially. So we want to access the pain. We want to expand. We want to heighten. We want to use our rave, rev, reflection, evocative responding, validation. Use the art that is you, your whole self. Set up enactments, finish missions in the pain before I ever start, even start thinking about wanting to do enactment with longings, um, vulnerability, or positivity too often. There's nothing wrong with throwing out a positive enactment. Sometimes it's just it's good to get some energy going. But if I camp there, it, the, the, the danger is I've put a Band-Aid over a, a malignant tumor. So to get, the, to get the tumor out, we've got to go into the tumor. So pain has to come before where we really want to go, which is celebrating each other, positivity, and, and sharing deeper parts of themselves. You want to add to that, James, or shall I keep going? No, let's finish out the list. I like this. Are you? Yeah, that's okay. cool. So, yeah, years ago over in our other office, I guess that's almost 10 years ago now. I'm getting old, James. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, you wouldn't think it with, with my hairstyle. But anyway, now James and I are both bald. So <laughs> anyway, uh, in our other office, we used to, it was early days of being an EFT supervisor. Chad Emhoff, uh, Lisa, there are a lot of other people who are, who are really, really great. And no thanks to me. Thankfully, they kept studying because I was <laughs> learning myself. Uh, but anyway, we would just call it 23 drills. So you just set up a role play, and, and they were just trying to balance step two and step three in EFT. So am I organizing the cycle with some version of assembly or temp, or do I shift over and try to, and try to work the edge to see if we can get the emotion to come up in the body? There's 23 over and over and over. So you're doing step two and step three, organizing, reorganizing, then going into the pain, making it more granular, hovering, let it bubble up. Deepen, heighten, set an enactment, finish a mission, and you hit repeat over and over and over. Repetition is really, really key. you got to appreciate how many times that couple's been stuck in their negative cycle, and it's usually thousands and thousands and thousands. So we have to be patient, staying with our reorganization, organization work, and dipping into emotion, understanding that they can't stay there. So we continue that over and over and over until the couple de-escalates. Indicated by less protection, less rigidity. Um, I, would, I, we, I like to define um, measuring escalation as the client's nature of relationship with their partner's protection. And that's a good indicator for me. As long as they hate the partner's protection and have a rigid response, we're, I need to continue to do what we used to call 23 drill. Organization work, touch emotion. Organization work, touch emotion until they slow down. Once they become more flexible, they have a more flexible relationship between my partner's protection. I don't like it when you go away, but I understand it differently now. I understand when you're going away that you're feeling bad on the inside and, and maybe I've pushed a little bit. So hang on, let's just slow down. You know, when you have people who can start to talk like that, they're letting you know What's your order, therapist? Do you know what the order is or mm -hmm. do you not? Because when they do that, what they're saying is next. And at that point, now we have so much space. We call it stage two work. Now we want to do the intrapsychic work, which for me jumps off the page as now not only do I want to know about your sadness and your hurt and where is that in your body, now I also want to know in that sad place, at the worst of times, the cycle has won again. You're left alone. How do you feel about you? What's the worst thing that crosses your mind that might be true about you that makes this cycle so deadly? Right. So we're going for negative model of self. You can try that in stage one, but most of the time your clients can't do it. I, I did a live one time where I thought we were in stage two. We were doing great step three deep work in the emotion. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm rolling out step five here. Let's go. It'll be a training video. And I ask a step five question and it blew up. And I'm like, all right. So that so what's key is not it's not a problem that I tried that. What's key is what I do next, which is to pivot and go back to where your clients are, not where you want them to be. Mm -hmm. So negative model of self. And I also love disowned parts of self. Right, which might be trauma, might be memories, might be child sexual abuse, might be an affair, 
that really comes forward. And now we have enough lack of reactivity that we can access that part. So now I'm on the right order. So with that, let's take a quick commercial break. We just want to take a minute and thank you for being a part of the Leading Edge podcast. We are really inspired and grateful when we hear from you in trainings or through social media about how this content is truly helping you push the leading edge of your learning and being able to apply emotionally focused couples therapy with your clients and some of you also in your own personal lives. And so at this moment, we just want to ask you to consider helping us out. Yeah, James, I appreciate you saying that. When we first started this, uh, we had no idea it would take off like it has. We get contacts from all over the world. So it's really cool to think that we're coming through your speakers and in your devices or however you listen to us. And, uh, we appreciate that. It's really an honor. And like James is saying, we want to ask you to consider helping us make this sustainable. We've gone back and forth on how we want to handle money or, or if we want to involve that. But the reality is to make this sustainable, uh, we do need to do some things and make some investments. So we have a Venmo account. We would love to ask you to consider partnering with us and joining us to, to make this sustainable, to take this to other people who are trying to help others around the world and even the next generation of therapists. So you want to talk about how they can do that? Yeah, if you want to be a part and you can, to support us, you can go to on Venmo at LPC or on Cash App LPC with a dollar sign in the front. And in the subject line, just to help us know that you're a leading edge listener and you want to support us, please put leading edge or Here's a fun one we're doing. We're playing with Ryan. Put left in the comment line because you are part of the leading edge and emotionally focused therapy. There you go. So at Doc Hawk LPC. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. And I want to say one thing really, really quickly, you know, uh, depending on where you are in life, if you're living check to check, if, if money is tight for you and or if you're somewhere and you're really serving an underserved population, please do not give us money. We do not want your money. We won't take it. We'll send it back somehow uh, because that's not what this is about. But if you're at a place where you're doing okay or maybe even doing really well and uh, ideas from this podcast, if you use them professionally for which you re uh, receive fees for your services, consider partnering with us. We've had people who've donated $300 or $50, whatever it is for you. We trust that uh, our listeners are going to make the best decision for them. We just want to make this available for you. You're welcome to continue joining us if you don't give. All right. So let me make sure I catch. I appreciate this way of trying to help us take in the order of change in the EFT. And not just one, thank, thank for, for Sue and the team like that hold the stages of change, de-escalation, restructuring, and consolidation, and then the steps that go in between. But even to the first part, what we're trying to get is we do have to get trust. Trust for me, the therapist, the process, and the partner. Thank you, Lisa Palmer Olson, for that. And then also the organization. We do got to get things organized. Do we understand the cycle that this couple is calling in to where they're not able to, to find their – to repair? And then protection. We should be looking at, okay, what's the protective moves and can we organize that protection and validate the protection, highlight the protection and what it's trying to do, the function of it we talked about before. Or the, or the old school EFT way to teach that is you got to put protection in the cycle. If you, if you have something that's harming their relationship, you have to put it in the cycle. Yeah. What harms their relationship is the action tendency 
coming off of vulnerable pain. That's right. Because we put it in the cycle because context helps it make sense. It's not just something you do because you don't like your partner. It's something you do when you get afraid or when you feel the disconnection and trying to get back to each other. So that's that's another one. And those three make sense because now in the order of change, we've kind of earned the right, as we kind of say, to be with people's primary emotion or with their pain. And then when we get some access to that, then it gives us some more room to go into the, the basement of their life, in a sense, and where these negative views of self or these disowns of parts of self have kind of been stowed away, which are really stoking all the things you're seeing above in, in kind of that protective part anyway. All right? Yeah, just like in uh, EFT, I want to go backwards a step just before mm-hmm. the commercial break, which I'm sure was quite moving for everyone <laughs> who heard that. You guys tired of our commercials yet? We're going to do that one over. Yeah, sorry. Uh, let's go backwards though into stage one, back from stage two. Again, just like EFT, that happens all the time. No problem. A good question. Um, you know, if you're stuck in a case or, or something is, uh, exactly how many in pain enactments have been done in my office? And if you, if you think back through that case and you're like, you know, not that very often, not that, not that many, don't expect this to work. And I want to talk about expectations a bit, but if if you ask yourself how many in the pain enactments have been done, how many missions have we finished, so to speak, which is just a fancy way of saying fully processing the enactments, how many have been done? And if the answer is not that many, it's like, okay, stay there. You're doing right. Continue to organize and reorganize, touch the emotion. See if we can expand the tolerance, the bandwidth of their ability to stay with the emotion. In order to do that, it's really, really key that the therapist, here's the way I think I want to say this, the therapist needs to secure your expectations and your hopes. If you come into session hoping that they're going to do this well, it's going to throw you out of attunement. Therapists can't come in with an agenda. We can come in with a map but we can't come in with an agenda. It's not my job to make this relationship work. It's not my job to hope that they're going to do it right today. That will throw you off. I love our metaphor years ago. Was it years ago? I don't know when it was. You know, I, my favorite EFT metaphor is, is uh, being a physical therapist who is working with a stroke victim and trying to reteach them to walk. You're trying to teach them to do something they already know how to do but have lost access and ability to it. The worst thing you could do in that moment is ask a stroke victim to run a sprint for 100 yards. You're just going to set them up for failure. And that's what I think drives some of this problem here where people want to go to longings, want to go to deep vulnerability before they're ready. Their intention is good. I want that stroke victim to maybe jog again someday. But if I'm out of order, all I'm going to do is actually disappoint everybody, including me. So it's really, really key that you ground and secure what you're hoping for. You need to hope for you need to hope to see their pain. Otherwise, you've not been able to get the job done because that's why they're in your office. If they could do bonding, if they could put out a clear emotional vulnerable signal, and they could attune and respond and comfort each other, they wouldn't need you. So don't hope that that's going to happen. Instead, expect that cycle. Expect that secondary protective reactions, and then you'll be right on your map. So with that, let's re-enter stage two. After we've done lots and lots of enactments in the pain and we've seen them de-escalate, change the nature of their relationship between the partner's protection, 
we want to go deeper now into mm-hmm. intrapsychic. What's their experience of self? Negative model of self, shame. All humans have it. In a secure relationship, we're less likely to hide it. We're more likely to let our partners know we're not feeling so good about who we are. Disorganized parts, trauma. Step five of EFT. This is the order we're going in here. So it's a, into the pain. Now we're going deeper into the pain. In step, the next, the next move, step six, which is really asking the partner to show up and resource and comfort a really deep risk from their sharing partner. And then the last order is needs. What are the deepest, most vulnerable attachment needs? And, and longings and needs tend to, tend to kind of go together there. And it is important, but it's also important that you have a structure built in place with corrective experiences before we try these deeper risky moves. But what'd you add to that, James? I mean, I just appreciate once again this summary of the uh, order of change process. One, to keep us from getting out ahead of our clients, but two, I think it also helps us understand and have patience and tolerance because I know what's coming. It can kind of help me out. Like, so I'll tell. Here's another story to kind of go with it. I like watching survival shows, Ryan. And, uh, you know, those ones where they put you out and that you have to survive, that kind of thing. And there's a difference. There's one out that's called alone. And what's so hard about alone is you are alone, but there's an undetermined amount of time you might be out there. And you're not quite sure. You have a general idea, but you're not quite sure. And But what I find is, like, the people, part of their suffering when they're out there alone is not just the conditions. They literally, it's an open-ended, you don't know how long and what all is coming your way. Uh, there's no, it could be wild animals. There could be the plant, the vegetation might die off. The rabbits eat it all, all that. What I'm saying here to be short with it is what I appreciate that we have with EFT is we do know what's coming for us. We have an idea of what's down the road that helps me in moments of despair and distress. Like, Hey, I get it. This sucks. This is hard, but this is where we got to be right now because I understand where we're going. And that's where, you know, like don't treat stage one as though it's something that's in your way. Stage one is vitally important to what you're going to do in your stage two work. So. Well said. Let me tell you something wrapping up here for me. When you see um, deep reaching, deep sharing, and you see how much it moves the partner, and their partner comes in with nonverbal and verbal cues to comfort, and you see a relationship re-enter attunement, it is really a spiritual, unbelievable experience. It's, it's rich. That's what keeps us coming back. That's, why, that's probably why you're listening today is you're drawn to that kind of realness. Is that a word? Mm. It's like seeing a rainbow. It's like seeing beautiful places in Hawaii. It's, it's just something in our universe that's very, very powerful to see. So I'm going to call that the party because once, once therapy starts going like this, man, it feels like a party on the inside of me. What an opportunity here. Now my client, I can just sort of try to help them orchestrate the, the beauty that's coming forward. But here's the rule. Pain before the party. Pain before the party. Therapists want the party too much. It's not about us. You can't ask your clients to do something they can't do yet. They shouldn't be able to do it yet. So pain before the party. That's the message today. Hope it helps. Thank you all.
Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com and you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, ryanreynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com. Thank you.